Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. Many desire to have strength and might and power or control or even supremacy, but we know that our sinful flesh feeds off those attributes to lead us into the most devastating sin, which is pride. And pride is a sin that we need to uh, avoid much as possible. And pride is a terrible sin that we allow in our lives very quickly. I think about Proverbs chapter 16, verse 5. The Bible says, everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. And God cannot stand a prideful person. Because pride brings forth hatred, pride brings forth envy, anger, selfishness, and many other destructive sins that can truly ruin our lives and our families. And God will see to it that pride doesn't win. The Bible says in Proverbs 15, verse 25, the Lord would destroy the house of the proud. So being tough and having Confidence and strength doesn't necessarily get you to be more spiritual, but it's more dangerous for it could lead to pride. And God makes sure that pride doesn't win, and God makes sure that the prideful one gets humble and recognizing that there is a greater person up in heaven, which who is God Almighty. And, uh, and our Savior Jesus Christ was in no way prideful, as we know, and he is our example. The perfect Son of God did not display his majesty and and, uh, and great strength and toughness so much while he was here, but he displayed humility instead of majesty. He displayed meekness instead of strength, and he, he displayed gentleness instead of toughness. And as we think about some different series of examples and maybe different examples of our Savior Jesus Christ, I think of three categories. You know, Christ was gentle toward his disciples. I mean, the disciples that were following him and gave up everything for him. And, and, uh, and disciples were disciplined ones, and that's what it means, a person who is uh, ready to engage to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and, and serve God with all surrender. And, uh, and you would think it would be like an army camp or maybe a, a boot camp, you could say. But we see a balanced approach from the Lord Jesus Christ, yes, there were some times he had to rebuke them because of their flesh, but many of the times it was very gentle to them. And I think about when, he, uh, when the disciples came back from their ministry in Mark chapter 6, verse 31. The Bible says, and he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place, and what does he say there? Rest a while. Yeah, rest a while. For there they were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. You see, Jesus Christ, as much as he was disciplined to uh, uh, correct them and help them and also challenge them, he was also disciplined to be gentle toward them. And Christ was also gentle toward sinners. The Bible says in John 8, verse 10 and 11, the woman who was caught in adultery, the Pharisee, caught her in the very act, and I don't think uh, these people were up to any good. I mean, they were spying on this lady and, and uh, in every way trying to catch her in the act of sin. And, and uh, they weren't trying to restore this lady. This, uh, they were trying to judge this lady much as possible and, uh, and put her in the corner in shame and, 
and uh, 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 also uh, put her in the sect of uh, the lore of the society. And, uh, uh, and they were no, no good. And, and they brought this lady to Jesus Christ. Oh, the law says that a lady or a person who's caught in adultery must be stoned to death. And, uh, and I'm sure these people started picking up stones. And, and they said, what do you say, Jesus Christ? And Jesus Christ basically just stooped down and started writing something on the ground. And we don't know. Some theories have been uh, 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 heard or maybe been preached that, hey, maybe uh, he was uh, writing the sins of those Pharisees, too. Trying to find a contradiction in their lives and their hidden sins. And it could have been that. And because after he has done that, uh, one by one, from the eldest to the youngest, they started leaving the scene. And, uh, and they don't condemn the woman. And we see uh, what Jesus Christ says, this dialogue with the woman. And when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Had no man condemned thee, can, uh, had no man uh, 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 put you into the death sentence. In verse 11, she said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. And what a wonderful, gentle Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, he wanted to restore her, and he wanted to make sure that she has new life in him. And as we think about our Savior, he was full of humility, he was full of meekness, and he was full of gentleness. He wasn't full of pride. And I think about Christ was gentle toward children, too, in Mark chapter 10, verse 13 through 14. And they brought young children to him that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. Uh, can you imagine John and Peter and the rest of the disciples uh, rebuking the people? Hey, don't bring children to the scene here. This is holy ground. And uh, you don't need these rowdy kids around here. But Jesus Christ, in verse 14, when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased. And said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. And thank God for our children ministry at Bible Baptist Church. Amen. I know sometimes they're rowdy, and sometimes they don't listen, and, and we have bus ministry every month, and, uh, and many of these kids, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, they have rough corners, and, and, uh, and they don't know how to behave properly at church. But thank God, just a couple weeks ago, four of them received Christ as their personal Savior. And because of bus captains and bus workers who were uh, displaying the love of Christ and being gentle toward them, and Jesus Christ said it very clearly, suffer the little children to come unto me. And uh, as we think about our families, I hope that you're treating your children in, the way, uh, in a way where Jesus Christ would treat them. And even as grandparents, too, and I hope you're spending your time with your grandchildren and and I hope you're taking your time to be gentle and, and loving toward them because Christ loved every little children. Our Savior displayed his strength through gentleness. It wasn't necessarily through toughness and greatness and, and with a loud voice, no, but it was through gentleness. And gentleness is the opposite of pride, which we want to avoid much as possible. You see, a natural man would try to Flex his strength through outward control, but a spiritual man will prove his strength through inward character of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and even gentleness. 
And I think about the first president, uh, George Washington. And uh, he was the first president of this great country. And uh, this man proved his strength through inward stability. Though he had great position, honor, and power, his strength was not found in those. But his strength was found in inward character. And that's why he was uh, truly admired in those early days of this country. On one occasion, he was fox hunting with a group of friends. And one of the fields uh, through which went through they were passing was bordered by a stone wall. As his horse jumped the wall, it knocked up a stone. And Washington immediately stopped the horse and got down from the horse and replaced that stone that fell from that stone wall. And one of his friends said, you're too of a big man to bother with that, Washington. And he replied gently, no, I'm just the right size. I'm just the right size. I like that response. You know why? Because it displayed humility. It displayed poise and gentleness. And I believe that brings forth great respect and honor. And, uh, and his strength was bound and enforced uh, uh, our control, but in, in his inward character of, of, of meekness and gentleness, our Savior Jesus Christ was more, much more than George Washington, and, uh, and to be honest, infinite more because he's the Son of God, and he was perfect and he was sinless. And ladies and gentlemen, the world needs to see a difference in us because who is living within our hearts? Jesus Christ. Now, I said it before, you're not a Christian because you go to church. You're a Christian because you have Jesus Christ in your heart. And you have Jesus Christ in your heart everywhere you go. And, and they need to see gentleness of the Lord Jesus Christ in your home, in your workplace, and in your neighborhood. And, and, and I hope they see that in you. Our God uh, even blesses us and rewards us with greatness too. And as I think about this, you know, God doesn't reward us with his uh, 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 great power and and uh, uh, great uh, uh, majesty, and uh, though he has all that, and, and he has all glory, but the Bible is very clear as we think about the testimony of David as he was brought up as a shepherd boy to be a king of Israel. We see in Psalm 18, verse 35, he writes, Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy right hand hath holded me up, and thy gentleness hath made me great. He's saying, hey, through your gentle care, through your gentle compassion, hey, you have made me great. You see, it's by grace uh, that we are sitting here today, and it's by grace we are what we are today in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, and there's nothing to really boast about ourselves, and, and there's nothing to really uh, uh, flex about ourselves. No, it is the gentleness and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that has brought great power in our lives to be a new creature and also to have new behavior and new character. And I hope you recognize that today. It was through his gentleness and grace and love that you have been changed. Oh, I think about David. He also wrote, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And uh, I think he knew of the gentleness and, uh, and the great care that the shepherd had uh, for his sheep. Oh, how is your inward spirit today? How is your inward character today? Is it gentle? Is it kind? Is it tender? Is it calm? And I think many of us are not like that because we're not under the mighty hand of God. You know, uh, 
Peter says, be humble and be under the mighty hand of God. And many people are trying to run in their lives and trying to do things in their life above the hand of God. And when you're trying to be above the hand of God, God cannot reach you and God cannot in, in any way care for you. And uh, you need to be under the mighty hand of God. Be humble, be meek, be gentle. And, uh, and, and respond to the Lord in an uh, inward character to the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, and, and do not in any way, uh, when you go through some different trials and different difficult circumstances in your life, uh, blame God or get, uh, uh, get bitter toward the Lord. Uh, uh, let us make sure we trust the Lord rather than getting bitter. And I hope you always get better rather than getting bitter. And I hope you in every way uh, 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 have the Lord uh, uh, mold you and guide you under his mighty hand. And uh, as we think about this fruit, gentleness, as we know that Jesus Christ had it, as we know that the Spirit of God now provides his gentleness and, uh, and that we can shine this fruit everywhere we go, uh, I hope we seek it by faith and also by practice and obedience. And, uh, and the question might come up, why is it so desirable? Well, there are furthermore reasons why we should desire this fruit, not because Jesus Christ has it, not because of the Holy Spirit of God wants us to have it as a new creature in the Lord. But I'd like to share with you three desirable qualities of gentleness today, and I believe that will get you to recognize that this fruit is very important. As much as love is important, as much as joy is important, as much as peace is important, and as much as long-suffering is important. So number one, gentleness is from above. Gentleness is from above. And look at our text that we read this morning concerning this topic. In James chapter 3, verse 17, it says, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, and what's the next word there? Gentle, yeah. And easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. You see, the Bible is very clear that there is earthly wisdom and also heavenly wisdom. And the previous verses, and uh, you can look at the screen with me, in verse 14 and 15 he says, If ye had bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie, against, lie not against the truth. This wisdom descended not from above. It's not heavenly, but it's earthly, sensual, and what's the next word there? Devilish. That's a strong word. So if you have envy and strife, okay, which is opposite of gentleness, God says you're earthly, you're sensual, and you're devilish. You're following after the devil. In verse 16, the Bible says, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. You see, earthly wisdom is devilish, earthly and sensual. Why? Because there is ending and strife. And, uh, and, and if you want to evaluate your life today, if you want to evaluate how spiritual you are today, hey, let us go through the list. Do you have ending in your heart? Do you have bitterness in your heart? Do you have uh, uh, maybe even strife in your hearts? And, and do you always fight with your husband or wife? Do you always fight with your children? And do you fight with your family members? Do you fight with your co-worker? And, and there's always strife and there's always confusion and, and there's always evil work that's produced out of your heart. Hey, that really reveals to, uh, uh, to, uh, even your, uh, to yourself and to God that you're not really spiritual and that you're relying on the earthly wisdom rather than the heavenly wisdom. 
And the world would say, hey, it's good to strive. Get back at people and, uh, and have wrath and have vengeance. And uh, hey, let, show to them what, you, uh, uh, what you're all about. And that's what the world says. But thank God we're not of this world. As Christians, we're, uh, our life is from above. It's found in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to be like Jesus, being gentle and, and having uh, 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 that wisdom of purity and peace as well. And, uh, oh, in heavenly wisdom, the presence of gentleness is clearly found. So the question is, what do we desire more, earthly wisdom or heavenly wisdom? Don't you think we should have a little heaven on earth? I think so. Yes, the world is far from being perfect, and it's more wicked, to be honest with you. And it's full of lust. However, we must realize that this is the reason why we are here. The reason why Jesus Christ has left us here. Hey, I got saved 14 years ago. I received Jesus Christ as personal Savior. I didn't know where I was going to go after I die, and, and the Lord convicted my heart. And I have heard about Christ before. I heard about the cross before, and, and I knew it in Sunday school. I knew it going, uh, uh, growing up in church, but I, read, I never knew him down here personally. And I received Christ as my personal Savior when I was uh, 19 years old. And uh, as I uh, 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 gave my life to him, uh, 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 as I uh, uh, followed after him, uh, I realized that, hey, I am still here down this earth. My physical body is still here. It would have been great as, I, as soon as I received Christ, in Jesus Christ, I pray, amen, and go to heaven. That would be wonderful, wouldn't it? That's my desire, but that's not the case. God still has us here. Why? Because he needs a vessel. He needs Christians. He needs sanctified people to represent him. He needs some ambassadors. Okay. And that's you and I if you have received Christ as your personal Savior. And if you have never received Christ as your personal Savior, Jesus Christ is gentle towards you, and he loves you. He wants to forgive all of your sins and so that you could be on your way to heaven. That's why Christ out on that cross. He didn't die as a fool. No, he died as a sacrificial lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And he wants to take care of your sin. He wants to cleanse your sin. And he wants to make you whole so you'd be on your way to heaven. Oh, and as Christians, and we know that, and as we know that, oh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let us realize that we're still here and God wants his heavenly wisdom to show forth, and he has chosen his vessel, Christians, to do so. Yes, it is possible to have heaven on earth as long as we are surrendered. If we are in the flesh, gentleness would not be found, of course. But if we are in lust and hatred and animosity, and, uh, and uh, of course, with that, gentleness would not be found either. But it's amazing when uh, uh, gentleness is found through the Spirit of God and is beyond us and and, and, and our children will be amazed. Dad, something happened to you. Mom, something happened to you. And, uh, and, uh, and even Christian brothers and sisters in Christ will say, hey, has the Lord been working in your heart? You're so much more gentle. You're so much more calm. And, and you're not always uh, bickering about everything. You're not always bitter about everything. It seems like you have peace and you have mercy and you have uh, a purity and you have gentleness. Don't you think that's possible through the Holy Spirit? I believe so. If it isn't, hey, let's just close the Bible and never read it again. It is possible to the Holy Spirit of God that we could live a spiritual life and that we could truly live a life 
that is full of gentleness and, and, and full of peace and purity. By the way, it's amazing to see how there's so much animosity within us. We are no better than animals sometimes. Have you ever seen animal channels? Raise your hand, okay? And it's amazing what they fight for, right? It's just a little piece of meat, piece of bone here. And, uh, if they're carnivores, you know, and even a uh, bunch of, uh, uh, you know, two bucks going at it, okay? And, uh, I mean, they're just fighting all the time. They're just trying to gain ground all the time. And, uh, and that's what animals do. And, and I think that's what the word animosity came from. Uh, and and, and ladies and gentlemen, I think many times we're just like that. And, and we fight, we take, we consume, and, and we overtake one another. And the reason why I believe we have so much of active and earthly wisdom is because we're not pure. We're not pure in our hearts. We're not, we're not clean. Notice once again, James 3.17, but the wisdom that is from above is first what? Pure. Pure. Then peaceable. It's in order. It's first pure. And then peaceable. And then gentle. Easy to be entreated. Full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. The order is Set in stone right here in James chapter 3. You got to have purity first. Ladies and gentlemen, when we're not gentle, it's not a personality problem. You might be thinking, oh, Brother Jimmy, preacher, I've always been like that. I'm just a type A kind of person, and I just kind of, you know, uh, have a shotgun type of uh, personality. And, uh, you know, uh, I just blow everything up. And ladies and gentlemen, it's not a personality problem, but it's a sin problem. It's a sin problem. And, 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 and the Bible says in Matthew 5, 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. No wonder you can't see the peace of God and the gentleness. And, and the Bible also says easy to be entreated. You know what that means? Easy to be fixed. Easy to be counseled. And uh, I was like that. I, I, I shared with a couple of men uh, in discipleship on Friday night. I told them about some one mistake that I made, and I wasn't willing to take counsel. And then, you know, I learned from that. I repented from that. I repented from that, and, and uh, I surrendered to that. And I said, Lord, I'm going to make sure I take counsel from people. And what people say does matter, and, and what people uh, advise me does matter, especially those who are seasoned Christians. And... Uh, now I counsel people, and it's amazing when people are just, I just hit a stone wall. And they always have to have the last word. They always have to have the right last reasoning. I, I'm, I'm giving them strict scripture. I'm, I'm giving them the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's, I'm just hitting a stone wall. It's like talking to a brick wall. And they're not easy to be entreated. You know why? They're not pure. They have a sin problem. It's deep down. I share with the uh, young people, uh, many times I look at the grounds at our church, and I can't do all of them, but when I see a little weeds here and there, I try to pull them, pull them out as fast as possible. You know why? Because when that weed gets big, I mean, it is very hard to pull out. And, 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 and when the weed gets maybe three times the size, and it's, I'm still bigger than the weed, okay? Okay? 
But small, little weed, I just kind of bend down a little bit and just take them off. And the root comes out too. But then those weed that grows maybe three times bigger, I have to kneel down. I have to take my two hands and then try to pull as much as possible. And many times, you know what happens? I don't get the root. It's deep down in there. And many Christians are just brushing off the surface. Okay? And, and you're not looking at the main problem. It's deep down in your heart. The heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. And you need to get that root out. You need to get that sin out. And let the Lord reveal to you that there is a sin in your life. There is a reason why you you cuss. And there's a reason why you have foul language. And it's amazing, some Christians who call themselves Christians, but husband and wife, they cuss at each other. And and in every way, they, they even cuss at their children. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not being pure. That's not living after the Holy Spirit. And by the way, it doesn't have to come out. God already has heard it in your heart. Some of you children cussing at your parents in your heart when you go to your room. I remember I, when I was in junior high, I, I, I I came, you know, to America at, at sixth grade, so I didn't really know English. And, you know, I was in a public school, and, and I was, you know, with just kids, and, and I was learning the English language. You know what I learned the first time? Cuss words. Cuss words. Now, I don't cuss anymore, thank God, amen. <laughs> cuss words. And uh, I remember one kid, and uh, there's a word for it. You know, he was a fob, and I was a fob. You guys know what that means? Fresh off the boat. And, uh, and that's the term that we use, you know, if you don't know the second language, I mean, if you don't know English and stuff like that, that's what they make fun of you. And uh, this guy, he was in the same stage as I am, and he didn't really know English too, but he was learning cuss words, and he looked up to me, and he said, hey, man, this is so much fun. He said, I go home, my mom doesn't understand what I'm saying, so I just cuss at her. I said, whoa, I wasn't even saying, I was like, whoa, what was wrong with you? <laughs> And I'm just simply saying, you know, uh, people get used to the lifestyle of this world, and they have their language. And they listen to that filth in movies, too, and, and Internet, and we've got to be very careful. If you just put those things into your heart, it's going to come out as well. And I want to encourage you to have a pure heart and And make sure you have peace and make sure you have gentleness and make sure you're easy to be entreated and and, and you're not uh, uh, with partiality and and also you're not in hypocrisy. That's what heavenly wisdom does. And we need to seek that through the Holy Spirit of God. And we need that gentleness in our lives. And and it is sent for us. And and let us not brush brush it aside in saying that it is a personality problem. No. Our hearts are not pure, my friend. Oh, gentlemen, you're not pure if you're not uh, uh, gentle to your wife. And ladies, if you're not gentle to your husband, you're not pure. If you're a fellow Christian, you're not being uh, gentle to other fellow Christians, you're not pure. 
gentleness is pure and heavenly. I hope you desire that. Have you obtained it? Have you prayed for it? Only the Holy Spirit can give you this wonderful fruit called gentleness. Secondly, notice that gentleness brings approval. Gentleness brings approval. Apostle Paul, writing his own testimony to the church in Thessalonica, he says, 1 Thessalonians 2, 7, but we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cares for, cares for children. He also wrote of the pastor's qualification in 2 Timothy 2, 24, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, and apt to teach and to be patient. He also wrote to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 10, 1, now I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and the gentleness of Christ. It's very evident that the early leaders recognized that for a leader to be approved, gentleness must be found. An official of a mission board who knew that it takes more than a desire to make a missionary was appointed to examine a candidate. He told the young man to come into his house at 6 in the morning, 6 in the morning, for the interview. The young man went at 6 in the morning to be examined, and the examiner kept him sitting in the waiting room until 10 o'clock. Then he went down to him and said abruptly, can you spell? And uh, the candidate said, yes, sir. Can you spell God? Yes, sir. G-O-D. Can you write your name? Do you know what your name is? He said, yes, sir. He put him through a series of ironic questions of that kind and then went to the missionary board and said, he will do. I tried his patience for four hours. He did not break down. I mocked him. I insulted him. And he didn't lose his temper. I think he will do. You know, uh, that candidate had the inner strength. The outward circumstances wasn't controlling his emotions. It wasn't controlling his life. And ladies and gentlemen, if you want to lead your family, if you want to do anything for God Almighty, under this side of heaven, we need to make sure that we have the inward strength to carry us through. We need to have that inward strength of gentleness. And I wonder what's going to break you as a Christian. Is it gossip? What's going to break you as a Christian? Accusations? Mockery? I'll never come back to that church again. That person made fun of me. Uh, maybe humiliation, shame. I'll never serve God again. I'll never lead people again. I'll never lead a church, uh, class one, uh, another, another Sunday. I'll never do it again. Pride, maybe ignorance. And many Christians cannot prove their Christianity or even their Christian leadership because they simply do not have the inward strength that is filled with the Holy Spirit of God that's not controlled by their own means, but by his strength. And also with that strength, that brings gentleness. That brings the right response when a lot of things are going wrong in their lives. Not all of us are church leaders in reference to the verse that we have seen, but we are leaders within the home and within work. Someone has once said concerning the home in application, I hope applies to all of us here. The best combination of parents consists of a father who is gentle beneath his firmness and a mother who is firm beneath her gentleness. 
What is it saying? You need to have a balance. Grace and truth. Gentleness and firmness. Fathers, let's remember this verse. Let's read it together. Ephesians 6, 4. Ready? And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them unto nurture and ammunition of the Lord. Fathers, you've got to remember that. As much as saying, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to obey. You've got to have that nurturing care for your children. And I must have that. And fathers, remember, it's not just about firmness, but it's about gentleness. Children need to see that. As much as my father is firm, oh, he is so strong in gentleness too. He has that inward character. Nothing's blowing him up. But everything is controlled. Mothers, remember in Proverbs 29, verse 15, and you might be very gentle, you might be very caring, but let's read this together. Ready? The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. What is it saying? Mothers, don't be so gentle that you never be firm. And uh, I never have to teach my mom this one, amen? My mom is firm. <laughs> now I remember going on vacation this uh, last year, and we were going to Mexico, and uh, my wife and I as a family, and we took six days off. And uh, my mom took us to the airport, and uh, we got the bag and gave her a little side hug, and, and she said, all right, get some rest, and come back and work harder. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> you know, my mom's just like that. And every time I read Proverbs, you know, forsake not the law of thy mother. I know what that means. <laughs> the law of your mother. And the thank God for firm mothers. As much as you're loving and caring, you're firm. You're firm. And, uh, I read an email that my, mother, uh, my mother-in-law wanted me to read, um, something that she was sending to uh, one of her children. And uh, I saw gentleness. I saw spirituality. But also I saw firmness because I'm standing on my ground right here. And, uh, and I told my wife, you should just send it. Great email. And, and mothers, as much as you want to spoil the kids, don't spoil them to death. Don't bring shame. Be firm. And, and for your leadership approval within the home, be sure to have firmness, yes, but also gentleness, too. No children will respect out-of-control parents. Out-of-control parents. Employers and leaders within your company, if you have a company you work under and you have people under you, remember Ephesians 6, 9. And ye masters do the same thing unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there a respected person with him. You know, I went through a different uh, work in my life. I remember the first job I got in a, at a, at a uh, uh, warehouse. And I had a hard time. I mean, my employer was cursing at me. My employer was ridiculing me. I remember the first time I had to handwrite all the uh, dispatch deliveries. And, uh, and uh, during that time, I don't know why they didn't print it. I guess the technology wasn't that great. I'm not sure. It's 1999. But I had to handwrite all of them. And I gave it to the dispatcher, and he looked at me. He threw it back down. He said, you call this writing? 
And uh, I was like, oh, man, I guess so. Yes, sir. <laughs> and I had to improve on it. But I remember just, just being devastated, just not wanting to work there because the employer was so terrible. And just want, didn't want to work under that kind of condition. But I knew the Lord wanted me to work there. I stayed there for a year, year until I went to art college. I remember the time I had to wake up early and go there early because they wanted me to clean the rooms and, and the office and the bathrooms. And I remember every time going to the bathroom, I said, I just knelt down. I said, dear God, help me to make it through the day today. You know, I was in that kind of work condition. I mean, you share that kind of same face sometimes, okay? Let me just make it through the day. Let me not get mad at the employer. Let me just take it and take it and take it like you take it. And, uh, and you know what I'm talking about. But thank God, God has put you there. You know why? So you could shine the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ to your employer. They got to see that inward strength in you, that you're not moved by circumstances or by foul language. No. But with that illustration in mind, I hope you Christians are not like that as an employer. You're not threatening. You're not over-controlling. And you don't have compassion. Bible says in Colossians 4.1, Masters give unto your servants that which is just and equal. Knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. I remember my mother, she used to own a little uh, teriyaki shop. And the workers always wanted to work for her. And after she closed that shop up, the worker said, if you open up another one, we'll, hey, call us up, we'll work for you. You know why? Because she treated them well. She treated them equal pay. And every Christmas came around, they got a good bonus. And, and they weren't even uh, legal residents in this country. And uh, in, in, every, in every sense, you know, uh, as we think about uh, our workplace, if you are an employer or if you're a, uh, a person who has people under you, uh, I hope in every way that you Treat them with respect and love and grace as Christ would do. And with that in mind, uh, gentleness is for all. Gentleness is for all. I got to be on it. Titus 3 2. To speak evil of no man, to be no brawler, but gentle, showing all meekness on, unto all men. You know, being gentle is not a respecter of person. A Christian who is filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't pick and choose whom he will have gentleness. No. God's love and care spread to all men and even gentleness. And by the way, we not being gentle proves that we're not filled with the Holy Spirit. You might be full of knowledge. You might be filled with talents and gifts and skills. You might be filled with experience. But if you're not gentle, you're not filled with the Holy Spirit of God. You might be filled with yourself. How do you know? Because you're not gentle. You push people away instead of bringing them closer. Did you know a shepherd leads the flock? Why are you laughing, Kevin? You know, he's been calling you shepherd. Shepherd Pat. Shepherd Jenny. <laughs> oh, just a few weeks ago at the anniversary service. I, I heard it for the first time. Your uh, nephew said, all right, we'll see you later, Father Jimmy. Thank God for that one. <laughs> God bless you, my son. <laughs> <laughs> Father Jimmy. And, uh, you know, the shepherd leads the flock. 
Okay, he's in the front. Gentle release them. Okay. But a person, okay, who's raising cows, what do they do? They drive them. They get in the horse, hey, go, go over there. And they're in the back. They're on the front. They're whipping them. They're shouting at them. And many Christians are like that in raising families and having fellowship with Christians. They're just in the back shouting and yelling. But we need to be more like the shepherd. Lead them by example, gentleness. And, and, and I'm guilty of this too. And I need to recognize once again, it is sin for me. It is sin for me to be rude, crude, moody, and angry, and even loud. But not during preaching time, amen? And, uh, but I'm just simply saying today, this morning, there is a problem within our hearts. And we're not, we're, not, we're not gentle, and we're not gentle. And do you have this fruit called gentleness today? Are we gentle Christians? Could people approach you? Boy, I didn't feel it. Could they just pour out their hearts to you? Because they know that you're full of love and peace and joy and long-suffering and gentleness. You're not going to be misjudged or, or, or be criticized. Could they approach you in, in confidence and saying, hey, that person has loved me. He's so gentle to me. Are you that kind of father, too? Are you that kind of mother? Or are your children just running away from you? And that's my, that's my worry sometimes. Sometimes I get firm. And, I some, and as much as I know it's in the Bible, the reproof and rebuke is very important. But sometimes I'm thinking, am I doing it too hard? Am I just driving my children away? I got to make sure that I be like a shepherd. I show you Jesus Christ. And ladies, as much as you have gentleness naturally, sometimes, you know, it could break you too. And, and, and don't yell at your husband. Don't scream at them either. And uh, I think in every way we're all guilty of it. So let's have gentleness. Let's pray for it. Let's pray that God will give that grace.